Hey everybody, welcome to this next episode of Clinically Pressed. On this episode we have Coach Dave Malachek of UW Lacrosse Wrestling. Uh, this was a very fun episode to do. Coach Malachek is a very entertaining guy, full of energy, always excited, and that definitely comes through in this episode. Uh, we cover so many things, but it's all really super useful. Uh, he also has his big wrestling camp coming up, uh, which is we wanted to get this out for. That's in Wisconsin Dells. If you have any interest in checking that out, you can check that out on Track Wrestling. Uh, they carry the whole thing. Um, also, if you want to stay in touch and um, know what's going on with UWL Wrestling, check out Mondays with Malachek once the school year gets started. It's hilarious, it's informative, and it's a great time. Uh, we really hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll talk to you guys later. Welcome to this next episode of Clinically Pressed. We're here at UWL in Coach Malachek's office. Uh, he is the wrestling coach, the head wrestling coach for UWL. Uh, has been here for a while. I've worked with him on multiple occasions uh, on a couple of trips here. So, Coach, welcome to the podcast. And uh, like we said even before, just give a little background uh, about yourself. And well, Joel, thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited about being on the Clinically Pressed podcast. As I'm a new uh, member, new uh, junkie now to podcast. We, these trips. we just drove to Florida a little while ago, a family vacation, and I had 18 hours of podcast. I Ooh. think uh, it's well, been awesome. I need that. I was I pretty, catching up. Well. <laughs> you need one of those trips, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. But it, it's been good. And so, just a brief background I've uh, been here at University of Wisconsin Lacrosse for 11 years. Um, I'm originally from Iowa, so. When you talk to me, you probably should talk a little slower, Joel, just because us <laughs> Iowans, it takes a while to catch on to things. We have no pro football teams. Uh, we can't say we have Packers or we have the Vikings. We just have wrestling, and that's why I love being from the state of Iowa. Grew up in a family of four. Uh, I had a brother, Joe, who is an All-American at Nebraska, heavyweight. Had a brother, Dennis. I should say had. I still have him. No <laughs> I still have two brothers. Um, my other brother, Dennis, uh, played Division One football at Iowa State University. Played at junior college, then played at Iowa State. And then I uh, wrestled at the University of Northern Iowa on uh, Division One there. And then my sister went to the University of Northern Iowa. It's probably one of the best drinking, uh, game, beer, chugging type kind of girls you'll ever meet. Nancy is phenomenal, one of the funniest ladies I've ever met, and I know she won't listen to this, so I can bring her name up. Everyone's got to be good at something. you got to be good at something, right? Yeah, you got to be good. For all the years of basketball, I'd be a better at Yeah, I am right? no use to anybody. She's pretty good, still is. I just saw her at a wedding a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I went home before she did. So, uh, but yeah, and... Uh, you know, wrestling in high school and college, that's the only thing you do in, in the state of Iowa. That's all I did at my high school, too, which was kind of cool. I, and I'll get to all that later, but just kind of blessed of being around people that share the same goals, same history of being from a small town from Osage, Iowa, 3,500 people. The town shut down for the state wrestling tournament. And most schools have two, three high school state champs. 
Uh, I checked on the record books today. There's 62 state champs from my high school. We've had Olympians. We've had wow. Olympic champions. We've had NCAA Division One champs, Division Two champs, Division Three champs. Uh, we've got people in all the Hall of Fames, all from my high school and from my hometown. And so when you talk about wrestling, you bring up the town Osage, everybody's like, oh, you know so-and-so. And it's, uh, we're kind of a cult anyway, as you <laughs> understand, as, as we are. But uh, blessed to be there, blessed to wrestle at Northern Iowa. Went out, and, and some of you don't know, I went and took a high school uh, teaching and coaching job right out of college. I thought I had to be a teacher coach right away. I went out for $24,000. I was head wrestling coach and PE. Uh, 7th and 8th grade track, 7th and 8th grade football assistant, varsity football, and I drove bus. Wow. For $24,000 back in 1994. I thought I was the richest man in the world. <laughs> and the experiences I had for that. All the in the world. Oh my yeah. God. That is a whole other show of the experiences I had living in a town of uh, 1,200 people, teaching all K through 12 PE, and just getting my feet wet of what I wanted to do in life, what I didn't want to do. And uh, great experience there for four years. And I went to Cedar Rapids, Iowa for six years. I was at the Catholic school there, Cedar Rapids Xavier. Great experience, had a state champ there, got to coach. Coached football, did everything there, taught elementary physical education. Um, and then, uh, in a crazy story, in 1999, within 10 days, um, uh, my dad dies of a heart attack, my uncle dies the next day and then my grandma dies all within 10 days i had three people die in 1999 so why i get to that is that changed my whole outlook on life that changed my whole outlook on where i wanted to be what i wanted to do who i wanted to be and so i took this huge leap of faith and went back and uh, one of my college coaches uh, jim miller contacted me and said hey you ever thought about being a college coach i'm like yes almost daily he said i'll give you an opportunity so in 2001 in the fall of 2000, I became the first full-time Division III uh, assistant wrestling coach. And soon to follow now, fast forward 17 years, almost every school has one. And so it's kind of take a little pride in being the first one back in 2000, the fall of 2000. And went there, uh, took a pay cut. I was making, I want to say, I thought it was 38000 I got cut to 20000 a year. To go single at the time, um, you know, family was closer then. I said, why not, let's do this. And so within a couple of years, I got my salary doubled and had camps and everything else. So, nice. yeah, uh, that was at Warburg. was there for six years. We won three national titles. I uh, got to be a part of that. Met my wife there. Um, she worked at Warburg College. She uh, had graduated from there. And, and uh, then we've been up here 11 years. So long story short, there's all kinds of other side stories and <laughs> subtitles. But I think for the listening people, that's probably about all they need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Traveled with him down to Osage. It was a uh -huh. double dual meet where yep. it was the high school had a meet, and yep. then we came in and wrestled at Upper Iowa. Upper Iowa. Yep. Packed house, standing room only. Oh, no, it was. It was cool. It was pretty sweet. It was. It was right, way cool to go back there and get underneath those lights and, <laughs> and, and a lot of memories and, and won a lot of matches in that gym. Yeah. So. We didn't win the duel, and that still pisses me off. But um, you would have thought it was like Friday night football. Oh, it's just like what you see in Texas, you know, Friday night lights. That's what we grew up with. You know, you go to watch back in the day when it was Aquinas and and Alaska playing with 
Matt Thomas and Bronson Cunning, you know, those guys going at each other, places mm-hmm. packed, right? Yeah. We had that like for every duel. Right. And uh, that's just that's just wrestling in Iowa, and we'd love to bring that here if we could. For so, sure. Yeah. yeah. Got a good product first. Was it hard to go from that type of atmosphere to maybe uh, maybe where it's less exciting? You yeah, know, it's it is. It's, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it is. It is hard because I think you step up another level. I think you you get more into it, and you're excited about. It, and fans are excited about. It, and I think yeah. you're willing to take more risk and, and try to score more. And there's no one in the stands watching. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, just not as much into it. But it was really hard. It was really hard to come from. Uh, even Wartburg to hear uh, what, how important wrestling was at Wartburg and the fans and winning national titles to come here and it wasn't that important but you could see the excitement with track you could see the excitement with gymnastics and other sports so you wanted that excitement but yeah it is it's kind of a I wouldn't say it's a letdown it's just you want to work at it so you can get that promotions get those people to come to your meets have you been to one of our wrestling matches I have not see there no. you go next year it might change you right. come and all of a sudden boom everybody wants to come so mm-hmm. We'll lure you. We'll suck you in just you like did Joel. Boys there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we only just we, we lure Joel in, and next thing you know, heck, I had to talk my wife into it. One of the best recruiting pitches I ever had. She'd never been around wrestling. <laughs> now her whole life is involved with that, and she actually knows. She sat with people and like teaching them scoring and how the matches work and the inside stories and. Man, it's addictive. It, yeah. it is. It's a. I guess I lie. I came to Nationals. Yes, you did. Yeah. Oh, you saw yeah, really Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's that awesome. True. That's awesome. Do you feel like it's getting better here then? It is. You yeah. know, I think the last time we checked attendance, we had the second highest attendance at UWL at all sports when we were on behind football. Wow. And so we'll get good crowds. We'll try to promote. We'll try to make it better. But I think one of the biggest things is you got to put a good product out there. No one wants to come and watch Joel and I push each other around for a two-to-one match. They want him thrown. I'm going to throw him. They want big-time scores and some backstory too. And if you knew how hard these guys worked and the hours they put in, that you would, I think, respect it that much more. Like, hey, I'm going to go watch that. You know, it's like going to MMA fights. No one goes to see the decisions. No one does. They go for the ring girls to go around with the signs, right? <laughs> I'm not lying here. Uh-huh. And then the second part is they go, they want to see somebody get knocked out. And it's the same thing in wrestling. You want to try to pin somebody. You want to put them to their back and end the match quick. That's what people come to see. And uh, we need to do a better job of that. And uh, we're working on it all the time. The sports helped out with that a little bit in recent years, hasn't it? With the new score, the yes, scoring the scoring, systems yeah, and whatnot. The new rules, the scoring. Trying to get force more action. Force more done. action, keep you in bounds, less delays in the match, and constant action, mm-hmm. you know. But I think a lot of that comes back, Joel, to coaches. Just like, hey, you got to promote scoring. you got to right. encourage it and take risks. But it starts in the practice room. It's the yep. mentality that we have. And I think that we're starting to get to that point a little bit better with our guys of like, hey, we got to go out and score points. People come watch you wrestle. Because everybody likes performing in front of more people. For sure. Oh, yeah. you know, everybody does. So. Awesome. Hmm. I don't know. One of the topics, and we've kind of talked about, is just your own personal journey. Oh, boy. Through health and wellness and exercise. I know we usually get on a tangent at some point talking yep. about it. Yep. Not even related to the athletes, but just right. our own stuff. So. Sure. And I, you know, and I, I, I thought about that one a lot is... You know, I look back, and if you knew back then what you know now, it's crazy. I imagine all three of you sitting <laughs> around here, like, think back to yourself, like, man. And it goes back, and I, I thought a lot about that question when I saw this the other day, and I was probably supposed to be paying attention to that staff meeting, and I, I was, had this in front of me, and, I, and you weren't in there, but I had this in front of me, and I was, like, thinking about, you know, your own personal physical health, and it's such a hot topic right now. Uh, well, it has been for a long time, but I look back on myself and I think that you're, you're on this platform as a coach 
and I, I, I take it to this wrestling camp that I go to, and there's 120 high school coaches sitting around, and in front of me, you know, I'll have a glass of, you know, I'll have a water, or I'll have something else sitting there drinking, and I look around all the coaches, 90% of them have Mountain Dew or Jolt or Monster, and they have all this, and they weigh 300 pounds or 275 pounds, and they're yet telling these kids to make good choices about what they eat and drink. And I, I really struggle with that, and I've been pretty point blank about it. You know, that's like me saying, guys on our team, you can't go out and party and do that, and then I'm downtown, I'm the one doing it. Right. You know, you shouldn't smoke smoke weed, and I'm sitting up there after practice token up, or I'm smoking cigarettes, or whatever, whatever it is. And you think about the platform you're on as a coach. And I think about my own personal health, that I've made so many poor decisions that it, it really, I can see why my body is. I don't blame anybody for it. It is all personally mine. Now, I can't really say anything about my hair because that's genetic. Right? <laughs> you feel me, I right? Feel okay. Okay. And so, not that the camera can show all that, but you know, one of those things that it is a personal choice every day. We can get talking about that for a day. You have to make those personal choices. And I made poor choices. I was just talking to my wife about this as we ate lunch together that. You make that choice every day, uh, whether to brush your teeth or not. That's a choice. It's either mm -hmm. yes or no. Did you do it or not? Well, when I walk out to have breakfast in the morning, you get to pick what you have. You get to choose what you have. And so I think that personal health comes into play on that. And I also think how I took care of my body. If I could go back and tell myself back, I don't know how many years that is, 20, 30, Jesus, 30 years ago, whatever it was, yeah, I would tell myself, you got to listen to your body. Yeah, high school athletes out there, college athletes, college coaches are listening to this, whoever listens to this, like listen to your body. That makes so much more sense to me now. I never did. I was under the impression that if I wasn't working out, then I wasn't getting any better. I was D one athlete. Oh, you had to do this. You just got to work out all the time. And you had to work out, and you, it didn't count. This will get Glenn Wright going. It didn't count unless you got tired. Right. So if I did work out, Joel, and I did get tired, it didn't count. It's kind of a little like my mom won't go to Lutheran church. She's Catholic. She won't go to Lutheran church because it won't count. Like, how <laughs> silly is that for all my religious people out there listening to this, right? I just saw two quotes. One or one was off of a guy, and it was, you know, if hard work is all it took to be a champion, we'd have a bunch of champions running around. Right. It's like the hard work applied to the specific situation. Sure. And then the other one was, more isn't always better, but better is always better. Correct. And that one I really like just because... Take what you're doing, and right. I hear you preach it all the time. Make today the day you yeah. got better because you actually wanted to. And right. Coach Schmidt, I could was that all the time. Right. You know, make this your best day. Right. And I think the biggest thing is just like looking back, going, I I re I didn't want to take days off. I didn't take weeks off. And man, when I left college, my body was so beat up from herniated disc in my neck to. I don't know how many surgeries. I think I, I can't remember how many I had. Now I'm up to 13 now on scopes, so seven and six. So I think I had like 10 coming out of college. And it's like, man, if I would have listened to my body, if I would have done this on with nutrition, if I would have done this now, what could I have been? Would I have won more matches? I, I don't know. That's a whole different ballgame, Joel. But would I feel better than I do right now? Yeah, I, I really would. And I think it's those choices that you make uh, throughout that whole whole you know, process that I think can make a big difference in where you're at in life now. But I always feel like, too, it's never too late. Uh, we've had a couple guys and uh, come through that said, hey, you know, you don't need to be that big anymore. You don't be that, you know, like a Spencer Herkelman came in and he was assistant football coach, he weighed 295. Mm -hmm. I go, why do you weigh 295? Well, I don't know. I've always been an offensive lineman. So we got to start losing some weight. We got to start feeling better. He left here two years later and he weighed 225. But he got into working out. He got into eating better, making yeah. better choices. 
And it's just one of those things, it's those choices you make, Joel, that I think make the biggest difference. I don't know if that answered your question. No, I got it. This is extremely well. <laughs> oh, if I just would have listened back when I was 19. Yeah. Right? Yep. I don't Not know how many people can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Not that this would have been... Part of this one to been sure. when you go back in your wrestling days, but yeah. you can probably talk to it now. I know you're a big proponent of chiropractic. Big We've talked about that a lot, and also the sauna for general oh health. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. Disclaimer: Not when you're actively wrestling. No, no, not when you're. That's right. It's here, correct? Yeah. Correct. Um, you know the two things that when we moved here to Lacrosse, uh, our three houses down. Uh, this family walked by, and it was uh, Dr. Chad Schultz and his wife Mindy, and they introduced themselves, and we got talking a little bit, and he said he was a chiropractor, and I was like, and I had had a couple adjustments when I was in college, um, and, and didn't really have a great experience with it, mm -hmm. and it was one of these, lay down the table, adjust you, and you leave, and you never, no one has said a word to you, you kind of hope, then you go right back, and I, as I walked out of the office, I'd either run back up to northern Iowa, and then wrestle for an hour, or I'd run to the weight room and lift, and never let your body sit and heal, or, or do anything, and so... Didn't have the best experience with that. And then to meet Dr. Chad and really get talking to him and kind of, oh, you know, and just the philosophy behind him. And, like, I I love when people are passionate about something. All three of you sit sure. here with me are very passionate about what you do. And that attracts me. When someone's passionate about it, I want to listen to it and, like, find out, okay, why are they so passionate about it? They must firmly believe in it. They must have reasoning behind it. So we get talking to Dr. Chad about chiropractic care and start seeing him. And, and I don't care. Maybe it's the uh, placebo effect. Maybe it was just, he was tricking me. <laughs> I started feeling so much better. And, but I also look in the other factors. I started eating better. I did a, uh, a cleanse through him, you know, and, and just trying these little, I, I like being the, the little gopher. I'll try any of this stuff, right? The lab, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right, right? Trying it like, man, would that work for me? And Man, I just started feeling better. My knees started feeling better. My back, my neck, my shoulders. I was sleeping better. And that's been 11 years ago. And so I regularly visited him. Early on, it was like, man, I had to see him a lot more often, it seemed like. And I was getting hurt a little bit more. But now, you know, it's every two weeks, and I feel really good about it. Um, another whole podcast, which we'll come back to next year, will be saunas. And so, long story short on that, I'm a huge proponent, but I had I used a sauna to lose weight and to recover when I was in college. We had one right in our locker room. Now that's against NCAA rules. You can't do that. And so, I sat in it so much, Joel, that I refused to sit on them anymore. And then, uh, probably about five years ago, I uh, started getting back into saunas a little bit. And every time we would go visit somewhere, our hotel, I had to make sure I had a sauna in it because it just made me feel so good. And so then I had an opportunity where my wife's dad built one at his house. And so now I really want to go see my father-in-law. <laughs> yeah. I want to go see him all the time. And so I go to his house and I'd be in it like three times a day. And so he kept saying to his daughter, my wife said, why don't you, we got to get Dave a sauna. And I asked for it at Christmas. I asked Santa Claus. I asked the <laughs> Easter Bunny. I asked everybody I wanted a sauna. And so finally we built this new house and, and we Put all our money into that, and I, man, I didn't get a sauna in there. And so finally one day he's up there and goes, hey, we have this playhouse. He says, why don't we put a sauna inside that playhouse? The girls don't use it anymore. I go, brilliant idea. Convince your daughter. So he convinced <laughs> her that he would help build it, and she helped build it, and I would help build it, which I have no skills like that, so I kind of got out of that. <laughs> I just wrote the checks. And we got a wood-burning sauna and got the heater unit from way up north. I thought I was in Canada. 
I bought this unit, drove it back, put it in this thing, and I have sat in that sun almost. I was in it last night after supper. It was 185 degrees and humid. Wow. Sat in it for oh, 20 wow. minutes, and all the toxins are out. I can give you all the feelings I have. So now, look where I'm going, Joel. I am going chiropractic. I'm going sauna. I got back into lifting. I'm eating good. Oh, a year from now, I hate to see. I mean, I'm thinking modeling career. There you I'm, go. I'm thinking something big's gonna happen it's in my life. Late. It's, it's never too late, Joel. But that sauna. The recovery, uh, I use it every day, almost every day. I take that back. That's a, I should say it like that. I use it as much as I can, and they know where to find me. You know, if something ever happens to me, the first place you got to look is inside the sun. But <laughs> I love that thing. Um, you know, it's a wood burner. It's a pure heat. There's no electricity involved. You know, it gives you another idea uh, with cutting wood, splitting wood. It's one of my favorite pastimes. It's my okay. ultimate workout. Um, and so splitting, I wouldn't do that. I, I just love it. I was in it last night and it just, you know, the other thing, it's a mental thing. I'm not going to eat that much tonight at supper because I'm going to sit in the sauna later. And then you drink that much more and yeah, it's awesome. How many does it sit? Three, like, we, I don't think us four could sit. Uh, I'm sorry, we can do a podcast out there. Why do you to sit outside? But <laughs> yeah. it is so cool. It's a play out. Microphones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it'd be hard on your equipment, but it's got... <laughs> two windows in it so when it's snowing out and it's oh, 6 a.m. and it's snowing cool. and you're sitting in there and it's 180 in there you go out walk around the snow a little bit come back in oh, it's awesome. wow. we should do a, one of them out there you guys are so tall too like yeah I stand up in it and it, it touches my head okay. so you guys would have a lot that you're also tall can, it is so awesome we'll work with it it sits three sits three wow yeah. That is really cool. <laughs> I love it. Now I can't live without it. Like when we went on vacation, I had to hurry up and get back and get that thing fired up. So when you go on vacations now, yeah. or, or, like no, I'll still do it. I'll they still meet the standard one. of yours though. Oh I mean, no, because they're all electric. Yeah, they're all, it's a different heat. I don't know if you guys have been in them, but it's kind of a different. Not heat. enough to be a connoisseur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a coffee snob. Yeah, yeah it's right. Like chip coffee or. Starbucks. It's well, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah, do it right, you know? do it right, you're right. And so, yeah. <laughs> I lost, Gable's going to, Coach Gable, the Iowa coach, uh, for the longest time, went as coach in Division One and Olympic coach, Olympic champion. I mean, you bring up the name Gable, that's, you know, that's the LeBron mm -hmm. James of basketball or the, the Jeter of baseball. But Gable's the man. And uh, known him for a long time. And, and I text him right away when I got a sauna, and he goes back and forth with me on it. And he's coming out with a new book on all the benefits Okay. Your heart and everything else, and he's done all this research. He probably hasn't done it, but all the people for him right, have done right. it. And he said, "You'd be amazed at what you read about how what a sauna can do for." Her. I just read another article on the other day, and who knows if the validity of the resources? But right. in my mind, it said <laughs> decrease heart risk, right, and mm -hmm. decrease other things. So There's I love a lot it. of different stuff out there with sure. the heat and the cold and mm -hmm. doing all those different things. Not talking icing. That was the last show. Right. I'm not talking about using no, ice. No. I'm saying heat. <laughs> but there is some good stuff with cold in terms of the exposure right after. So you're uh, going from heat to cold. Okay. It actually can like just jumpstart your entire body because it puts such a shock to the system mm -hmm. that a lot of guys will do that first thing in the morning. They'll go right. hot shower and for the last 30 seconds just throw it on cold. Uh, and their just body comes alive or okay. Just jump in a cold plunge for sure. a couple minutes just to get them fired up. So it doesn't take much to fire more energy. No, it doesn't take much to fire up. But if you were to do that, especially in the winter during wrestling season, that'd be unstoppable. 
I like how you think. I like it. Something, something to be said if you just like something too, regardless well, yeah. of the research. Yeah. You know, if you like right. it, right? Uh, and it maybe it's just tricking me, and maybe, but it's my thing. And and I don't run. I I don't like running. I'm not for running. I'd rather ride a bike or lift. But this sauna is like your day, like your recovery part. You know, you can have a really hard lift, and I'll lift just a little bit harder. Cause I know I'm gonna get that recovery tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, lifted this morning at nine o'clock. I I'm okay. Cause now tonight after, you know, when I get home, I can crank that up and get any of that out. And then it and coffee after a sauna is so much better. It it feels like it goes right to your system. Like it's an instant <laughs> jolt, like Jeez. an instant drug. Wow. So all you researchers out there, figure this one out. And also, if you've had a couple adult beverages the night before and you sauna the next morning. Instant fix. You feel so much better. Hmm. Just throwing that out there. Sweat it all up. It's all about research, people. Yep. It's all about research. <laughs> 20 minutes? Is that your standard time then? Yeah, about, about 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. And try to get between about 145 to 185. Uh, Coach Needham came over one day and he was in it and he was cranking it up. It was like one of the very first times. And inside there, it's the windows that I put plexiglass over to kind of protect the windows a little bit because yeah. it does get warm in there in such a small area. He comes out one day and he got done and he comes out and he's just like beat red. And I said, what in the hell are you doing down there? He goes, I, I didn't know like how to turn the heat down or turn the flu thing or whatever. He goes, I go, what the thermostat? I said, 220. I said, what? And I go down there and the plexiglass had bubbled. Oh, so I had to go out to home depot and get new pieces of plexiglass put over it but get back to your original question 145 to 180 you get 180 then it gets a little like it's it hurt not hurts it's a good hurt it feels good but man it you tingles my ears you know yeah. it's there twice as hot as 90 degrees i mean that's right, right. right. That's but so it's, it's a humid heat and it's and yeah we got to do a show out there yes there you go do a soul <laughs> see you're passionate about something that's why i want to find out what I find out in life. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I do. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just kind of on the maintaining a healthy lifestyle because I've yep. got some stuff on, you know, coaching and all that stuff yep. we can get into. But we kind of referenced it with wrestling season. Yep. You're constantly on the go. Um, yep. You know, just even in the summer, you're a busy guy. Like, yep. How do you maintain that, or what have you found to be really good go-tos? Because life as a coach, right? I know that was always kind of a running joke, and a lot of the Division One football coaches is like the sign of how successful you are is how Heavy big you, you got right. because that's how much time you're spending in your office recruiting right. or whatever, yeah. game planning and yeah. all that stuff. I think one of the things that's helped me the most is, you know, why do you want to be healthy? Now I'm done competing. I don't have that. One, one of the main reasons I do is because it's going to be really hard for me to have any sense of um, – influence on these young men if I show up way out of shape way overweight and I'm being with the college wrestling coach I take great pride in that and then oh. you can still whoop them when you, you still want get in there and still maybe hold your own but the big thing <laughs> is uh you know one is that the number two is like the long-term stuff that you know the four number four main reasons really five reasons why you know I try to stay healthy is Kaba, Molly, Lydia, Cora, and Bella. I mean, I have four daughters and my wife. Yeah, I really want to be there as long as I can. And on the backside of that, I have history, uh, the history, family history of, of, of heart disease. And so it's one of those things like it wakes you up. Like, okay, you got to do something about this. Let's minus any meds. I'm so against meds. So how can I do it different ways? Mm -hmm. And so keeping healthy, always on the go. And I think one of the biggest things to get to your original question is 
consistency. I just got to make time for it. Those coaches will, will say that, yeah, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to work out. If you make it part of your routine, it makes me work that much harder, that much better, that much more efficient, and that much smarter when I get that workout in. Right. Yeah. You know all the psychological effects. You know all the benefits of it. You three sitting here with some of the most intelligent men, you understand how important exercise is, right? Or eating right. So when the coach tells you, I ain't got time to work out and I, I don't have time to eat right, well, then they're not going to be as effective as coach. And that's just my feeling on it. I think some of the things is consistency. It's the old wrestling mentality. Give me 30 minutes and I'll get as tired as I can. Okay, so we just went to Florida, went on this trip. Everybody in my family runs except me. So here I am in the house. I had Bella, the youngest. She's in uh, third grade, stuck back with me. And I just got as tired as I could with Isabella. So she's on my back for push-ups. I put her on my shoulders for squats. I did shoulder presses. I did curls with her. I just kept doing it over and over until I got so tired as I can. And then my day was ready to go. And then I felt awesome. And so part of it, my daughter gets to see me that, one, dad's a little crazy. <laughs> Two, he's maybe a little stronger than I thought he was. And three, hey, he got really tired. Same thing mom's doing going out on that six-mile run. And so trying to let these uh, my daughters know that it's very important to us. It's, it's got to be something I do every day. You've been around me enough, Joel. If I don't work out, if I don't do something, I am not much fun to be around. And I purposely do that because then that motivates me to want to go do something. I like I like people. I think sometimes people like me. So you want to be friendly and be around them, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. But on the go stuff, Joel, I've done duffel bags. I've done a stretchy rope. Uh, I had a stretchy rope in my garage because we built this house. So I had time to come into town and go get your weight lifted mm -hmm. in. And I ran our hill. I'll do short stuff. I ran our hills with cinder blocks. Uh, you know the best workout tool you can get? It's eight pounds. It's called a mall. And I do a split wood. You cannot find a better workout. Mentally, staying focused, that, yeah. swinging that thing. And it could be 100 degrees out, and the wood splits the very best at 20 below. It'll crack so much easier. You find your toughest logs to split, do it at 20 below. And then two parts of it, Joel, I know no other coach is out there splitting wood with wind and snow. And <laughs> out there, I'm just screaming like, yeah! And I split that thing, like, ugh! And I know the Warburg, Augsburg, Whitewater, none of those coaches are doing that. And so I am. Um, I can believe that. Eight pounds. That's all it takes. You get it for about 29, 30 bucks. And it was one of the best gifts I ever got. And if you don't, you, know, you don't have calluses on your hand, I haven't swung it enough. You got to swing that thing. And such a mental release. And what a workout. Think of all your kettlebell workouts. Swinging all that stuff and mm. jumping with it. Oh, my God. It's awesome. It's awesome. Best <laughs> gift ever. I think that was one of your questions. You know, under hundred bucks. There you go. A mall. That is a new one. A mall. Market, though. I mean, everybody can buy them. You know, everybody can. Yeah, split wood, and here's the thing: it's free heat for our house and the sauna. It all works together. It's, it's a productive. There you, it's go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh shit! It's <laughs> awesome. Eight pounds, my man. Eight pounds. <laughs> got one at home. You got one at home. Yeah. You like it? <laughs> oh yeah. Is it a fiberglass one? Is it the old wood ones? No. It's one of the newer ones. Newer ones, fiberglass. Over, that's yeah. what I have. Yep. <clears throat> Aren't those awesome? Yeah, good stress reliever. Oh, it is. <laughs> and then you start getting focused on, like, I got to hit this spot exactly. Right. Or if it doesn't split, like, oh, and then I start talking to the wood. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, all right, there you go. I'll see what you... Oh, is that all you got? All right, I'll swing again. Yeah. And I've seen so many times my daughters will come around the corner. They'll hear me talking. And I'll see them. They give me that look. And then they just walk back. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> That's great.
nice to have a product at the end of a workout, though. You know, exactly. Nice put it in the work in, yep. a, in a gym or whatever, and you go home and you, you feel go. good. You get right. the you know the benefit of it, but right. to actually get all that plus you know a pile of split wood or right. Camp like said, of it. Yeah, yeah, camp. Right, any of that stuff. But I think it's a pretty good workout. It's not like you're just sitting there doing curls. I mean, you're right. swinging that whole oh, yeah. body, and uh, I don't know. And and it, it, I really used to struggle if I wasn't in the gym, like you were saying, that I didn't feel like it was that quality of a workout. Like I need that for wrestling. If I didn't go and get in the weight room and do my lifts for wrestling, uh, it didn't really count. It's kind of like how we're getting back to what counts and what doesn't mm-hmm. count. And now. Hey, as long as I got my heart rate up and I mentally and I stress relievers, you were saying, and then all of a sudden, hey, I got pretty good. And the next day, I'm like, oh my God, we're actually not getting the sun. Oh, I got firewood for it. Okay, <laughs> see where I'm going with this? All of it taken care of. <laughs> Coach McGlynn and I were hoping, really hoping that uh, Building Champions Park was going to happen so we could go in and just oh, go really? to work and all the wood oh, there. You that think that's going to happen? I, we're going to find yeah, out. Keeping yeah. we'll we'll yeah. podcast number ninety-seven. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, How many num- What number is this? Do you know? Uh, we just are going to release twenty-seven tomorrow. Dang. So we're getting there. Cool. Awesome. Slowly but surely. Awesome. Uh, we got a few in the hopper, which is yeah, good. It is good. Easy. So. <laughs> Anything else on these kind of question lines, or want to venture into the coaching? Yeah, let's do the coaching. I wanted, wanted to hear that. You want to hear that stuff? I mean, the two we had and the one, you know, what are you looking for when you're looking at athletes and what they can bring you to know, the that, team and right, for themselves? Right, and, and I think the one of the things that you, we've really started looking at is not on the performance as much. I, I'm really trying to find out, one, is this kid coachable? One, uh, two, you know, what kind of demeanor or attitude do they bring? What kind of energy do they bring? You know, they, they win a match two to one. Did he do just enough to get by? And then does he throw his headgear? Does he not talk to coach? How does he interact with his teammates when he walks down after the match? Is he rude to the other coaches? I mean, you start picking up on all this stuff. I, don't, I really don't even care if you won or lost the match. It's how he reacts all the other time. And then when you start asking questions when they come on recruiting visits, and mom or dad answer the question, well, we do this and we do that. That's a huge, like, so any recruits out there listening to this and you've got your parents answering all your questions for you, chances are it's probably not going to work out at the University of Wisconsin lacrosse. And one of the biggest things what we're looking for is that independence because they're going to try to come to this campus and they have all these other distractions given to them. Are they strong enough and have enough self-confidence and intrinsic motivation that they're going to want to get that workout in when it's 20 below and, and they've been getting beat up every day in practice. They got to have that inside. So we thought we try to find out what's inside them. Um, when I go and look at kids, I think it's changed over the years, Joel, is that we used to go to a lot of competitions and watch them wrestle. And now I've started going to more practices to see how they practice. Because I can go and watch you wrestle and you pin the guy in 30 seconds. What did I learn? Very little. But I go watch you practice and work out. I'm going to see how hard you go when and during that. And so that's one of the biggest things. But, you know, I wish we could get all farm kids. You know, we got, I'm telling you, it's, it's the truth. They know how to work. I mean, not because I grew up on a farm, but because what, you know, what it taught me, but man, watching these kids and they're fifth in state, third in state, and they're still hungry. They want more. Instead of this where my mom and dad had the money, so I was entitled so they could drive me everywhere. And I got to see these elite workout partners and these elite facilities. And I get here and mom and dad aren't here. And all of a sudden it's not what it's all cracked up to be. So I think we're trying to be more diligent in our research, more diligent in everything we do and what we're looking for. But 
you know, I call it the crazy in their eyes. Sometimes you see that look <laughs> in their eye, like, I want that kid. Well, you know, I got sixth in state. I don't care. I, I want that kid right there. You can teach him how to be I a can, wrestler. I can teach you how to wrestle. You cannot, Joel, you know, and hey, or he's over there and he lifts, 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 and he's dead tired. He looks at it and goes, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. And those kids, you just like, the hair stands up on your arms <laughs> like, yes, we want more of those kids. And so it's on the, on the recruiting part is, is changed a ton and, and, on finding out what you want these young men. Obviously at the University of Wisconsin lacrosse, the academic rigor is very tough, but then once you get here, the rigor is tough. So some schools, it's just the rigor to get in, but here the rigor is very uh, tough. And national average for ACTs for wrestlers is 19. Okay, so when you got 24 ACT to get in the school, you're really narrowing your pool down quite a bit because not a lot of wrestlers can mm -hmm. get in. And just wrestlers maybe, I'll say, because I am one, we're maybe not the smartest guys. We are the best-looking guys, but we're not the smartest guys. And to get them in, whereas a track athlete, the average ACT is 22. And so you start finding out, okay, we won national titles in track here. Well, you get a chance to get more kids in. Their ACTs right. are higher. Yeah, right? I gotcha. And so it's one of those things, and obviously women's is way higher, you know. And so that's awesome for them. But for us, we really got to throw that net out there and try to find the right guys to bring them in. Then they got to meet your criteria of what you're looking for uh, as you bring an athlete in. So I just think that look in their eye, how much they want to work, you can kind of sense it. We're sitting here talking, and he's my dad's answering all the questions for me, and he's 320 pounds, and we got up and did morning workouts, and we did extra. So I'm looking at him going, wait a minute, are you doing it for dad, or is, you know, why are you doing this? And... Uh, Dad needs glory sometimes too. Like, ah, I want to be a part of this. So, there's so many recruiting stories. I should write a goddamn book. I should <laughs> all the stuff. You know, you read some of those books and you're like, oh, yeah, that's happened here. And it's like the things moms say or dads say. Or I know you've referenced helicopter parents. Oh, and now that's it's lawnmower. I'm gonna mow this perfect path. I haven't heard of yeah, perfect path for you. No more hovering above. Perfect mm. path. And I'd get all this shrubs and every piece of rocks and sticks. I would make it just like a golf, like a green. I'm going to mow it for you. And now here you go, son. Don't get in the rough grass. Just stay on the smooth path. And that's how, I mean, it is. You know, oh, I filled out your application for you. I filled out. Look at well, what in the hell is going to happen? You got six pounds, you know, losing a week. And you got tests coming. Are they going to do that for you? Hell no. So 90% of them are awesome. And you look forward to those relationships, and there's mm -hmm. still relationships I have with guys I coached way back since 1994. Way back like that was so long ago. Were you even born yet? Yeah, you were born. Yeah. I have to ask that with as I get older. All you young bucks. Eight. You were, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I graduated college when you were eight. And <laughs> Living the dream over in Rochester, Minnesota. That's right. That's, oh, my God, Rochester. We've had a lot of great athletes out of Rochester. A lot of great athletes. Um... But yeah, it's it's crazy. And what we're looking for those athletes and coming in and are they coachable? You know, a lot of guys we talk all the time, like they they climbed that mountain in high school, got to the very top of the mountain, and then all of a sudden get to college, you gotta go all the way back to the bottom again. And some guys don't want to climb that mountain again. Like I've already done that. Like I've already done Everest, no big deal. Why would I want to go do that again? Now the mountain's twice as high. So we always talk to our guys, you gotta put good guys around because you're gonna slip, Joel, and I'm gonna grab your hand and I'll mm -hmm. help you up that mountain, but it's gonna take two or three guys to get you there. A lot of guys don't wanna do that anymore. Like, ah, I worked kinda hard in high school, now you want me to work twice as hard? Oh, I just don't know if I wanna do that, so. One question I've always yeah. had with the recruiting and wrestling, yeah. I would imagine to some degree you also kinda have to fit your puzzle together with, Correct. with weight classes right. and things like that. Right. How much of that do you 
incorporate into some of those decisions? And then also, how much flexibility do you have to allow for, maybe he's not done rowing yet, right. um, how can I project him right. in the next two years, where is he going to fit on our team? If, if you figure that question out, will you let me know? No, but and I, pre, I appreciate that question because it it's, a, it's a huge concern. So it all goes back to all that communication, kind of looking at the family, where he's at, and also saying, I'll give you an example, a kid coming in this year, we thought he'd be a 125-pounder, incoming freshman. And he wrestled 120 all year. So in high school, wrestling 120, so I was like, perfect. You know, good frame on him, okay, great. But now finding out all the background on him that he was really cutting, all he was doing was cutting weight, getting his weight down. And I saw a picture of him the other day, and he's 145 pounds. You know, and so finally he had quit cutting weight, and he's at his natural weight. He's probably going to be a 41-pounder in college. Well, now all of a sudden I don't have that 125-pounder that we were kind of counting on. And so doing our research on that, like, we always had, how hard was it to get to 126? How hard was it to get to 160? Oh, I didn't cut anything. It's my natural weight. Perfect. We love hearing that. Then we can kind of plan around that. Um, in this business of recruiting, we always have your plan, you have your backup plan, your third plan. That all three of them could be the person. Because school happens, wrestling happens, I, uh, girls happen, um, family issues happen, all these things happen. And it's not like... Uh, other sports where I can take that forward and maybe move her over to being a guard. 125 is 125. That There's no other way, you know, even in soccer, you can pull somebody off the field and put them in as goalie if you had to, right? But yeah. I can't put anybody in at that weight class. It's got to be certain. So figuring that puzzle out, seeing if they're growing, and, and we do now, we make a one-year commitment. You're going to wrestle 174 for us. One year, get your weight down, feel good about it, and we'll reevaluate at the end of the season. And then, okay, because that gives me a year to plan. Okay, he's going to go up the next weight class. i got to find somebody else to fit that weight class. Mm -hmm. But if I tell you you got to make 174 all year, you start altering your weightlifting program. Joel's seen this. You start altering what you eat. You really fluctuate it that much more because you're like, you're just not happy in that wrestling room. That puzzle, uh, getting it to fit, it's happened twice since I've been here. And that both those years we got second in the nation that year as a team, when everybody was kind of where they needed to be. This year, our puzzle got thrown into 60 different pieces because guys took it under their own, um, their own, I don't know, their own idea that they all need to go up a weight class. They didn't tell us until they got here in September, but they were returners. And so I thought we had all these weights covered. And all of a sudden, the twins came in and said, we're both going up a weight class, which you get it, you know, okay, yeah, but if you would have told me back in the spring, I could have worked to get someone else at those weight classes. We had another guy come in and just say, hey, I'm going to a different weight class. And I mean, those are kind of big-time executive decisions that yeah. uh, they take this entitlement, and I talk to the Wyman's about this all the time, it's entitlement, you're not entitled, you know. And, um, yeah, I hope they listen to this. this good. We've had this conversation with them, so it's no big deal. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. and, and so it's all good, it's all good. But... That is the toughest puzzle because I look at football. You come in, you're a quarterback, right? You can always move you out to receiver, but if I don't have you at quarterback and my other quarterbacks already went out to receiver, and i got to bring somebody back in, it makes it really tough. It really does. And so we try to like plan out and have two or three guys at each weight and with that room to shuffle just a little bit and put all those pieces together. And we feel like we've done a pretty good job. It seems like every year we bring in like six guys at 125, and we end up with two. You know, because it's hard to find somebody that weighs 125 right, pounds right. nowadays, yeah. right? And so, and to yeah. compete at a and to compete decent level. at yeah. a decent level, you're exactly right. And so, it makes it interesting. It really does.
That's a great question. Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of a motivation piece, you know, you kind of talked about it with the different backgrounds yep. and coming. How have you found to make that work best for you? I know there's things you've done in the past that I've seen just um, there was a journal club at one yeah. point. I, I always reference one of your stories with that, um, with one of your three-time NCAA champions. Once he gave you some background on himself, and that changed how you coached him, right. and had a lot of success. But how have you figured out how to do that? Because it's been successful here. Well, it, it parts of it have, and I think you got to keep keeping making changes with it. And as I learned over the years, I just finished my twenty-third year of coaching. And you keep changing, keep wanting to get better. And I think it's that motivation that starts with me. I want to be the best. I want to be the best husband, the best father, um, the best employee, the best coworker, and the best college wrestling coach, and the best friend. I work hard at all those different areas. And it's just that motivation, like you want to be the best. I don't know why else you'd get up in the morning if you want, didn't want to be the best at something. And so getting up and doing those things and like, okay, each kid's different. Um, some guys on our team need hugs. They just, they need hugs. We're wrestlers. And, and you guys growing up, and I don't know how it was when you were growing up, or maybe still is, your dads probably didn't say, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to show feelings. It's okay. I wasn't brought up that way. And so for these guys, the times have changed. Like, it's okay to cry. There's been, you guys are sitting in my office right now. I, I couldn't tell you how many guys, coaches included, have been crying in this office. I've cried with them at times that it's okay to be emotional. Motivating them that they trust you then. You can build a lot of motivation if they trust you. If this guy doesn't trust you, Joel, if you don't trust me and I'm trying to motivate you, it's going to go in one year out the other. It's just, it goes back and forth. If I trust you, man, you motivate me. It just It's that whole concept of putting all that together. Motivation of journals, motivation of a text at night. I motivated four guys this morning. I took pictures of them in their last match, in the last closing seconds at the regional tournament because they didn't make the NCAA tournament. Took a picture of it, sent it to them, and said, how's this make you feel? Let it motivate you today. Got four back. That made my day. I needed that. I didn't want to work out today. I'm going to work out. So it could be something that simple. Um, I think the more you can motivate somebody that much more with a look, you can motivate them with a, a kind words. Sometimes you got to get on them. That... Uh, pendulum or that era has switched. You used to be able to chew their tail pretty good, right? And now it's you don't chew them at all, and you really got to be more emotional and kind of like, okay, it's going to be all right. Man, that motivates them, which is crazy to me. I need my ass chewed. That got me going. <laughs> when someone told me, hey, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can beat that guy. I'd be like, I'll show you. Oh, I'll show you, right? I'm going to beat that guy. And, uh, as you get going through it, that, that I think reading those guys and understanding, and as a coach, I have bagged, borrowed, and steal from so many coaches. I, you know, if I had to cite all my references, APA style, it would take me <laughs> years to remember who said this and that and that as we get going on. But, you know, it's no different than you're motivating your staff down there in the strength center, motivating your staff in athletic training or students and whatever you guys do. Um, in your fields and anybody that listens to this is man you got to understand that and build those relationships because even all my assistant coaches I have to motivate them differently whether it's money whether it's um, re um, responsibilities whether it's just a pat on the back going man I was just really proud of you how many times two things have you told somebody hey you're proud of them or you give them a compliment that should happen every day you want to motivate me tell me hey man I'm proud of you holy shit that guy's proud. he's proud of me all right I want to do it again. I want to do it even better next time. 
And, you know, that's, that's one thing we stress with our girls that at home, it starts at home that, hey, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you did at school today. I'm proud of you. You know, it's not like you just say good job. I'm proud of you and be very specific with it. And I know we're getting on the motivation thing, but it starts with that. It starts with compliments and life is so much better and everybody wants to be around you. If you're the sucking that energy away from people, no one wants to be around you. I ain't gonna listen to Malchick. He's not gonna motivate me. He's always negative. Oh, they can't win a national title. And team's got this and that. Hey, man, be the energy giver, not the energy taker. That's one of my favorite ones I got not long ago, and that just changes you. Like, I want to give you energy. I'm so excited you guys are in my office today in the sauna. Notice how it's getting warm? I didn't notice that. No, man, it's for the show. I yeah, told been you. warning on the sweater. Yeah. 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 If I can motivate you to be a better man, you're going to become a better wrestler, you're going to become a better student in everything you do. But, man, that's, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast, too. But it is. It's, you got to work at it. And I, I know a lot of people do and a lot of people sell books and all that, but I think it just comes down to that relationship that you build with that person. You can motivate them. Like you Who motivates you, Joel, in your field? I don't want people to be smarter than I am. I mean, I some of it. I've said this in my own in my own personal. It is just like it's the consistency. Like it's easy to get up for the one thing mm -hmm. at any time because you can paint that picture. But how do you do it frequently? So mm -hmm. like finding people that are better than you in mm -hmm. something and not wanting them. Like that's what I okay. try and challenge the GAs and the fellows. Like you. Come here, I want you to challenge me because it's going to make me better. I'm not going to let you be better. And it's going to make right. the whole system right. better. You know? and one of those that I really like is you know, you're the sum of the five people or whatever you hang out with. Mm -hmm. So right. if you're... Is that why you quit hanging out with us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like trying to catch you more often. But putting yourself around smart people with Doc Erickson and Shit. the mix and things like that and mm -hmm. just trying to pull from that, I think right. that's... You know, I would have been really interested to work with a former AD just right. because I think right. that would have elevated to sure. another level. And sure. I think that that's really for me is just trying to get around okay. those people. Okay. Um, awesome. What about you personally? Who motivates me? Or just what motivates you? What? You know what Put motivates me? Like, I, or, yeah, okay, I love back it. Back again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what motivates me is like, I think that life changing moment I had in 1999 still motivates me every day. So I always think when that alarm goes off, that means I'm alive. And God, I love that feeling. And then you look at your phone, and Kevin Schultz, the strength coach now at, at Madison, told me not to do this, but I do it. My phone is charged next to my bed, and i got to get that out of the room. But I wake up. Don't and you, Yeah, I wake up, and you look at that phone, what's it say? 100%. Sweet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start in the day at 100%. I just got out of bed. I'm charged oh, okay. up. Boom. 100%. I can start my day. So one, I'm alive. That motivates me, and what motivates me is like trying to find out how good I can be. How good, and by how good our wrestlers can be, how good a dad I can be. I mean, just that motivation of like, because you never know, right? You just never know. How good could I be? And so it's exciting. You get up in the morning, like, okay, I'm at 100%. All right. I mean, some days you might not feel it, but you are. You're at 100. Because my phone told me I was at 100. Yeah. 
and that alarm goes off, that just ah, another day to live and enjoy it. So yeah, that motivates me. I like to think about if you're. What's the point of doing it if you're not trying to be the best at it? Right. Like, why else are you here? And that's right. the question I ask a lot to kids downstairs. You're, you're going right. to go back, you're going to look at it. Start it now. Just, it'll save you so much anguish and just start it now. I can't imagine how much better of a place the world would be if everybody felt like that. Oh, you know, trying it's to, crazy. If people really wanted to do their job and be really good at what they do, man. Just be energy would be. givers, not takers. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like, fun, we got to sit around people like yeah. us for. <laughs> I mean, right? Just excited uh, yeah. about uh-huh. being at work, being excited. Hey, I want to help you out. You're, you three are helping me. I'm trying to help you and whoever else listens to this. For sure. And, but that's it's not a common trait. It's no different than the common trait of giving a compliment. You know, why don't people more do that? I mean, mm-hmm. I really like his hair. I mean, I really do. It's a compliment. You know, I see him working. Whatever I have to go for it, I'll be calling up for Right. Tips. And I love his hair. If I had hair, I had hair like that. And now we're on a hair show. But, you know, it's. My first so time ever on hair show. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to the David Elchick's hair show. Proud of sponsors. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that it would be maybe we're the start of it. Why not do something great? Because you think of all those failures you've had in your life, mm-hmm. you can find that one thing that works. For sure. Right? Okay. God, dang, it's crazy. Just finished a book called The Obstacle is the Way. Oh, I just talked to you about oh, that. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It, you know, awesome. Kind of like what you talked about with uh, the mountain, you know? Yeah. And it reminded me when you're talking about the athletes and the, the lawnmower parents, yeah. you know, sometimes that obstacle is a good thing. Maybe it, it sucks when it's right. there. You yeah. don't see it right away, but right. typically it uh, makes you better. And it's so funny that, I, like I said, 23 years, never won a national title here, been 11 years here. I'm not even close to scratching the surface how good I think I could get this program. And by the time I'm done, like when I hand it over to whoever's next, like we are so, I just keep trying to get better. You, you got to have failures, right? You got to learn from those. And that's the hardest thing to teach our daughters, to teach anybody, and myself included. Like, man, we failed at that again. That recruit's not coming. You failed at that recruit. We won conference, but we failed at the regional tournament. And, but we won a national. We had a national champion NCA. So is it a failure? You learn from all those. But if I don't have those, then I think it's uh, it's the same question you ask everybody. You love to win or hate to lose? I hate to lose, right? Because if I win, okay, uh, you're not gonna. Man, you hate to lose. You're gonna change and do everything you can. But I, damn, gotta work out again now. <laughs> okay, it's getting me all fired up. Doesn't really take much, does it? What else you got for me, Joel? I got all I, kinds of questions. Any other uh, other ones other before we go to the clinically press ones? If we had all the topics, I think, I think we had pretty much yeah. had all of them. Okay. For the most I, part. So uh, one actually. So being a wrestler, obviously, yep. uh, strength is a component to that. But uh, you can't just have strength, and mm-hmm. you kind of have to be a little bit limber as well. So right. what did what uh, have you found? that you do to balance your strength with your mobility between you and your athletes? I, I think one of the things is just making it a priority. You know, it's one of the things we brought when Joel got here was just our recovery at the end or doing the testing for our hip flexors and our shoulders, understanding where our strengths, our weaknesses are, and having everybody on the same page from our chiropractic athletic trainers to our strength conditioning coaches all working together to make them a better athlete. And I think well, that's one of the things that – wrestling uses so much of the same fluid motions as gymnastics and you have all this core strength and all this agility and flexibility and balance 
that you got to work at it. You have to work at it. And I think through our warm-ups, I think through our uh, cool-downs recoveries and meeting with our strength coach, that core strength, it's made a big difference. You know, we've done the hot yoga, we've done regular yoga, we've done some Pilates. I just think that taking that time to let your body recover and actually stretch a little bit in there, not before practice, but more at the end um, on the cool-down part, I think it's been a big thing for us. I think the more I do it, and man, I am actually somewhat flexible when I get in that sauna too. You heat that body up to 180, <laughs> it gives you hope. Yeah. It gives you hope, man. Like, well, Loosen that's, some stuff up. Here's my hip, right? Look at that, you know? <laughs> but, uh, it's like Gumby. Anyway, I wouldn't go that far, but anyway, I, I think that's you know one of those things that got to make it a conscious effort and, and make it a decision that we're going to work on it. And I think it's helped our guys. I mean, I, I honestly think the it's, our number one issue with injuries is not us being unflexible or not working on our balance, our core strength. It's it's the size of our wrestling room. Almost 90% of our injuries come from such a small, confined in. Now we're going to a different wrestling room and I hope all those injuries It'll go be away. interesting to see from your See, yeah, I keep yeah. track of that. But I think that that's important. I think if you were going to become even, if I knew that back in the day, I would have taken that day off and done yoga. You know, I would have taken that off, uh, those days off now with our guys and given them that time to recover. And you'll see a lot of our guys going to hot yoga classes. You'll see guys doing yoga in the mornings. So I think it's important on that. Yeah, it is, it's a very, it is a strength thing. It is, it's crazy. But I think Joel found out he'd never wrestled. All of a sudden, dabbled in there a couple times, and how tiring! Because you go on a run, you run, correct? No, I don't. Do you bike? Do you <laughs> hike? Uh, yeah, I mean. So yeah. throwing someone on your back and constantly pulling on your head and your arms as you go uphill—that's wrestling. And so most people, it's like I'm just going against the elements of the of the earth, right? right. I'm climbing, a, I'm climbing and hiking. Now I'm gonna put someone on your shoulders, and they constantly pull and push you, and it changes your whole outlook on life. As you can get fatigued. Even when you outweigh the guy by 80 pounds, it doesn't <laughs> and matter. It's, it's amazing that people that never wrestled to actually go do it. And you kind of mess around. I'm sure you've done this yeah. in your life. You mess around and you kind of just roll around a little bit and you kind of tired really quick. Now mm -hmm. you do that straight for 7, 6, 10, 30, 60 minutes, you will find dark places in your mind you never <laughs> thought you could ever go in your life. And, uh, that's one thing I wish you could do some kind of research, and we call it dark places of total fatigue, of not knowing if you're going to live, and then recovering for a little bit, and then having to do it again. And it's a wrestling mentality thing. I was just going to say it takes yeah. a special kind it's of athlete to be a wrestler. It's a crazy. You can just see it. In it's it. just crazy. The I the stuff we used to do is, and I, they still do it, but it's. I, I didn't want to do it now, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I can believe that. I don't want to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> All these people are like, what is that guy talking about? Yeah. Oh, I've never let my son or daughter wrestle. Oh, jeez, that's all he talked about. So. Okay. Now anything else? Yeah, let's no, go. Let's do it. So, first one is, what is something you believe that others may not? Bigfoot. No, something I believe. I, I honestly believe that I all my action or all the things that happened to me, it was because of my decision. I I had choices and whether like I said earlier, brush my teeth or not, to work out today, to eat that, to drink that. It's everything that happens to me is because of a choice I made. 
And I think I believe that, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people feel like it's it's up to someone else. No, man, it's it's all what I did. You know, I chose to come talk to you. I chose to say yes to, for us to all talk together. Everything you do is, is what you do. That's one thing I believe. I like it. Okay, you like that? I do. Good okay, sounds good. Ta top three take-home tips. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really curious as to what you might have if you were three tips just to give anybody. Don't listen. Don't listen to 14 year old boys. That's what I tell my daughters. <laughs> uh, number one. Number one. <laughs> tip number one. The triplet girls. I say, don't let boys are idiots. I'm flat out just gonna say. That. <laughs> um, don't let anybody. I mean, I, I'm a huge believer. Just don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. I just don't let someone doubt you that you can't do something. And uh, I just always, it's like, oh, you don't think I can do that? Okay. And that's what I'm saying to myself. I'm going, all right, I'll show you. <laughs> I'll do it for myself and then that. Um, take home tips. Thing. I wrote those down too. I was at home last night laughing myself. I was like, can I say that on the podcast? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I tell you what, it's just, oh, and the last thing is, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about the com uh, compliments, but the other part is too, Showing gratitude. I think we miss that a lot in our society. I think we miss that a lot with our wrestling team and our coaches. I'm so grateful. But how many times have you told Bob, the janitor, walking, hey, I really appreciate you taking mm -hmm. care of the building or Ross Neum cleaning our gear all the time or the guys that wash our mats. Or, it's just so easy. Like Show them gratitude. It's something so simple, but once you do it, it just makes you feel so good. So take home tip, show yeah. some gratitude today. It's a great one. I answered that third one. Most of the fitness say, purchase a mall. You can buy a farm and fleet, eight pounds. I go with the eight pounds, the twelves, you don't have the accuracy with it, and then the four pounders, it's why I swing a four pound. Get the eight pound. <laughs> yours I guarantee yours is an eight pound. So you go with the fiberglass handle? I go with fiberglass handle. They're gonna last a little longer. The difference is slivers. So mm -hmm. I refuse to wear gloves because then it shows weakness, right? So but in the wintertime, it gets kind of tough not to have gloves on. So I do wear gloves in the winter. But the fiberglass ones, I've had a couple slivers on those where you've worn out the handle. And those hurt a little bit more for some unknown reason compared to the wood. So I'd go with fiberglass. You got the right one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Proud sponsors of Clinically Press. Yeah, there you go. Farm and and Avenue, we never yeah, thought yeah, about hair products, yeah. hair products and Farm and Fleet. I love that story. Probably got a better shot at the farm and fleet. Yeah. <laughs> go for the lumberjack approach rather than the hair model. There you go. <laughs> oh, we do have him. That's true. Yeah, that's silver true. box over here. If I had hair, that's what I would do. <laughs> Proud of you. Good job. Thanks. Yep. Book recommendation. Book recommendation. I had three that uh, that I recently read one or two of them i recently read and uh one it's been a while but quiet strength by tony dungy a little on the faith side but uh, i'm a big fan of tony dungy not only played at the vikings and i'm a huge vikings fan i'm the only one in the whole state of wisconsin likes minnesota vikings but as i said earlier in the show that um yeah we didn't have football pro football in iowa so we got the minnesota vikings tony dungy great book i encourage all that urban meyer above the line Talking about catching people, we have seven golden standards that we hold our guys to, and when they meet those, you know, and they see like one is um, positive attitude. If I see you having a positive attitude, I'm gonna hey, you're above the line, you're doing a great job. I love your positive attitude. If he's below the line with positive attitude, I'm gonna manage it. And he talks all the time about the his teams. He knew when they were gonna win national championships or Big Tens. The more times he catches guys above the line, and. Um, 
it's a great book. You get a chance to read it. It really is. It's a, it's a good one. Urban Meyer above the line. And then one that you guys never heard of. It's called The Sacred Acre. And it's by Mark Tabb. And uh, it's about a high school football coach in the state of Iowa named Ed Thomas. And Ed Thomas, and it's a small school called Appleton's Parkersburg. And uh, he was the athletic director there and football coach. And he had one of his former student athletes, had some mental issues, walked in the weight room, um, shot and killed him, murdered him in front of all the high school students. And the sacred acre is he mowed that football field by himself. He took great servant leadership and mowed the field and so beloved football coach. It's amazing the town, and this has been 2008, so it's been nine years since it's happened and still the hottest topic. He had uh, eight guys go to play pro football. They all go to the University of Iowa or Northern Iowa. They mm -hmm. play D1 football and then they're in the pros. And I don't have any of their names off the top of my head uh, right now, but it is a very moving, touching, and front row of his funeral was that kid that murdered him, his mom and dad, their whole family sat next to him. And through his faith, he talked about how their whole family forgave him. Even though their son just murdered her husband, she forgave him instantly. And so it's a very touching, like, there's more to life than sports and what Ed Thomas does. Now, ESPN jumped on ES. There's a, uh, the SB Awards. He won the S League. Well, ours is the S League. Mm -hmm. The SBs. He won one of those awards. Okay. There's the Ed Thomas Award for coaching. It's huge in the state of Iowa. It is a phenomenal book. If you want it, I got it in my office. Right. The Sacred Acre by Mark Tapp. It's all about Ed Thomas. Hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, so there you go. Book recommended. So, your area of expertise. <laughs> ah, I don't Whatever know area you would want to say that is, how would you make what you do as complicated, simple? To make that choice every day, consistency is going to win. Every time, consistency is going to win. If I was going to have a video or talk about wrestling or everything it comes down to one word that's consistency consistency in what you eat what you drink what you sleep what you say what you think everything you do is consistency so if it's all negative your whole it's all going to be consistently negative if you're positive it's going to be all be positive and it's not a smorgasbord you can't pick and choose i can't be consistent with my training but then i eat not very well i can't sleep like a rock star but then I'm telling myself negative thoughts. I mean, it's, it's got to be consistency. As simple as it gets, Joel. I thought about that one last night. I like consistency. That one. Yeah. Okay. Are you consistent? In a lot of areas. Yep. Not as many as I probably need to be, but. Get in line, right? Back to yeah, that. I think that's what everybody <laughs> It's one that we've talked about before, but, and I do a pretty good job of, like, just got a nap, an app, and it, you can put out, like, whatever you want on it for, like, three bucks, and it's just like, I've got 23 things on it, and one of them is like reading, and one yeah. of them is exercising and stretching. And you just go in every day, yes or no, right? Or you skip it, which I do on just one, but and so it tracks it for you. And a guy that I listened to did something with it, and he was going to make it public. That's how he was going to show. Oh, it. sure. And so you know, it gives you a nice little sound if you yeah. hit a streak sure. of three or more. Oh, but yeah. it's it's made me better in certain areas because I just hate checking the freaking red box <laughs> on certain things. And other ones where I've just kind of found like it's been consistently red. It's like, okay, maybe that's not something I need. Right. That's not a priority. Remove it, find something else. Right. And that's been good to get some consistency with that. But that's yeah. awesome. Way of that's life awesome. app. I could never remember it before. Way of life. Way of life, yep. Okay. You get three for free, three bucks for unlimited. So okay. I ponied up three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Big spender. Yeah. Uh, the last one, if you could go back and tell yourself something in your training or education, yep. if you could go back, I'd 
10 years is just general if you would want I would to have go, to go back a lot longer than that you know whatever whatever it is that you would go back and tell you know could you place us where that was and let you tell yourself I would go back and in college and I would go back and, and tell myself to listen to your body I was on I told you guys this earlier I was on the impression that you just had to work out all the time I would have taken that off number two I would have done way differently what I ate and drank just not smart at all not educated that's on me it's not on coaches not anybody else. that was on me and just the things I put in my system I wonder why I wasn't performing at my best or I had an injury or I broke down late in the season man I wish I'd listen to that you know and the other thing the one training thing I wish I'd go back and just surround myself with the right people I had an opportunity when I graduated to stay in northern Iowa or move on and try to go to some of these clubs that were guys that were training because I was in the 92 and 96 Olympic trials if I would have moved a more conducive training facility instead of go out and be a high school teacher and coach. I really wish I would have gone back and done that. Because you only get one shot at that. And so now here I'm sitting 30 years later going, ah, I probably should have made that. I, I imagine everybody does that. But yeah, just relaxing, listening to your body, and taking care of eating and drinking better. Yeah, I think a life would have been. Would I have won more matches? Who knows? But I think I would have felt a lot better. There you go. There you go. All right. In closing. All right. Where can people find you? Hey, you can find me at Twitter at Dave Malachek or Mondays with Malachek. If you don't have anything going on Mondays, we do a seven-minute segment on Facebook that gives you an update on the UWL wrestling program, our personal life. We add some humor in it. We've done everything from up on the bluff. We've done the football stadium. We've done it in the pool. We've done it everywhere. I've done it where I was driving one time. And scared my cameraman quite a bit. <laughs> uh, we've done the new union. It's it's awesome. It gives you background on. We've had at times we've had seven thousand some people watch it. It's been great. Yeah, a lot of viewers. A lot of people like it. Plus, you kind of get to see a different side of me. A little bit of humor. Um, and we have a lot of fun with it. So Absolutely. yeah, definitely find me on that. Sounds good. Thanks, right. thanks, thanks, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for checking out this episode of Clinically Press. Go to clinicallypress.com for full show notes and links to everything that was covered in this episode. While you're there, you have access to all of our episodes, insights, and shorts. You can find Clinically Press on YouTube and any, any other podcast outlet. If you could give us a rating, thumbs up, or review on how we are doing, we would greatly appreciate it. To get more free content delivered to your inbox, sign up for Total Athletic Therapy Newsletter. You'll get direct links to all Clinically Pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimized performance. Thank you for listening, and see you next episode.